Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study. This is week eight, day two of our study of First and Second Timothy. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 13. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to join our Facebook group. You can find a quick link to it at 10weekbible.com. In the group, you can meet other people following along with the 10-Week Bible Study, and this podcast can actually become a dialogue. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you more through your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We'll be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Timothy 2, starting in verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. So Paul is reminding Timothy again about why it's worth it. To, to suffer for the sake of Jesus. He's saying Jesus was raised from the dead according to my gospel, right? And now he's leading into something here. He's, he's going to make a point with this because it's like, well, of, of course, Paul, this is the gospel. This is whatever, what every believer believes is what we teach is that Jesus was raised from the dead. Why are you, you getting at this? And again, as we get later in the chapter, we're going to understand why Paul is making this point specifically, that this is the gospel that he teaches. He's telling Timothy, stay true to the things that I've taught you. Stay true to these things because there are other people teaching things very contrary to this. And and we've had that for 2,000 years. We have that today, that there are people teaching things very contrary to this. There are still people today that teach that Jesus did not rise from the dead. It's a very important point because if, if Jesus hasn't risen from the dead, Paul makes it very clear, not in 2 Timothy, but he says, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, he said, we as Christians are first among every single human being most to be pitied because if this did not physically, historically actually happen, then everything that we believe in, it is worthless, utterly, entirely, completely worthless unless this event historically actually happened. Everything is based on, not just on Jesus dying for our sins, but rising from the dead. That is the most important part, because if he hasn't risen from the dead, then neither do we. Neither do we. We die and we're gone, and that's it. But that's not it, because he did actually rise from the dead. And, and Paul is saying, you know, this gospel, he's saying, I'm suffering for the sake of this gospel. I'm in chains. I'm being treated as an evildoer because I believe this. I really believe this. And I know for all eternity, the Lord's going to remember me for this. Verse 10, therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul is, is doing everything he can. He's suffering everything he can for the sake of those that are going to believe. Now, this is not necessarily in this occasion. It's not necessarily Paul saying the elect. He's not saying, you know, I believe in Calvinism or anything. Not necessarily here, right? There's there's other places where you 
can make that argument potentially. This is not him saying that when he says the elect, he's basically saying on behalf of anyone who's going to believe, every single person is going to believe. And he doesn't know who that is. He doesn't know who the elector, he doesn't know who the people who are going to give their heart over to the Lord. Only the Lord knows that. Paul doesn't know that. So he's saying, I, I'm, I'm doing all of this for the sake of those that will receive him, that will believe in him. That's, that's what he's saying here. So um, sometimes anytime the word elect is used, that can, can throw people off. Um, there are other places where you can definitely make the argument about predestination and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> I don't think this is one of those. I, I think this is just the word he's using to, to mean the believers who actually put their faith in Jesus. Um, I suppose because of that word, you could use that, but I, I don't think it's, it's the, it's, it's not the right, um, reference to, to make some kind of, um, predestined argument here. It's just Paul's word for those that are Christians, those that are going to be Christian. <clears throat> Let's, uh, continue on verse 11. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, excuse me, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. <clears throat> excuse me. So a lot of times when Paul says, you know, this is a faithful saying, this is him quoting somebody else or maybe turning a phrase in a way that's familiar to the readers we don't know what this is from. Like a lot of times he's quoting something that might be pop culture. He's, he's alluding to something else. And, and, and we can see allusions to, you know, bits of, of the gospels, things that Jesus said here, but not, nothing specifically here comes to mind as far as what he might've been referencing. Now he may be saying this way in a way of maybe a poem that was very popular or a song that was popular at the time. We just don't have access to that. We don't know what it is. But basically, he's he's using these um, contrasting statements, these little couplets, as as we call them in in poetry, if you will, and and he's using these contrasts to make clear who we are to the Lord and who He is to us. Right. So if if we die with Him, if we if we go through this suffering in this life, <clears throat> we're going to live with Him as well. We're going to receive this eternal life. We're going to we're going to reign with him, as he says here. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. So if we if we press through, if we don't give up, and and reigning with him, winning this thing, if enduring, this means that we don't quit. All right, we we all we have to do is just not quit. We don't say I don't want to follow you anymore, Jesus. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm out of here. <clears throat> That's quitting. If we just endure, if we just keep trusting him, keep going, then we're going to reign with him. Now he says, if we deny him, he will deny us. Now this is an important part. And then he, he, he contrasts that with, if we're faithless, he remains faithful for he can't deny himself. And these are two very different things. And it's very important for us to understand the distinction. <clears throat> if most people believe that if we just believe in Jesus, then, then we're saved. And the Bible never really says that. And never, it, it never makes that statement. I like to, to, to use a particular word that the Bible doesn't use. <clears throat> the Bible uses faith. It uses a lot of other things that I think that, that our, the words that we use in English to, to mean what the Bible is trying to get across, I, I, I don't think that they mean to us 
what we think they mean. You know, the princess bride is, is the, the guy keeps saying inconceivable. And you know, the, the guy says, it's like, you, you keep saying that word. I don't, I don't think that word means what you think it means. You know, I think we have some of those kind of problems with, with the words we've used in English when they're translated, they probably make a lot of sense. And then we kind of overuse them and, and, and we get different connotations. I like to use a word that the Bible doesn't use, but I think it makes more sense of what the Bible is conveying is the word allegiance. Jesus doesn't want our belief. He doesn't want us to believe in him. That's not how we get saved. We get saved. We will live with him forever by pledging our allegiance to him. That for all eternity, we say, we will follow you. We will serve you. We will obey you. John 8, uh, the, the book of John, several chapters, you know, John 14 in particular, makes it very clear that Jesus says that if you don't obey me, you don't love me. This is a huge, huge point. Huge point. Now, that doesn't mean that we just follow the rules and we get into heaven. Where we don't, we don't get to heaven by following rules. We inherit eternal life because of the grace and mercy of Jesus' blood and his resurrection on our behalf. But he, but he's basically saying, if you say that you've accepted that, if you say that you've, you've, you've taken on that grace and mercy, but you don't obey me, you don't do the things that I command, and you have no intention of doing them, then you don't actually love me. You don't know me. You're not my follower. You're not saved, in other words. So it's not about believing in Jesus. Because even Jesus makes the claim, he's like, the demons believe in me and they, they tremble, they're afraid. They, they believe in me. The belief is not the issue. It's that issue of allegiance. And again, that is an extra biblical word. That's not a word that, that the Bible necessarily uses, but I think it's the, the English word in, in our context that I think makes most sense of what Jesus himself is saying is that he requires that allegiance. And so then when we see this, it makes more sense when we understand it in terms of allegiance on a belief. Because allegiance, right, if, if it's our allegiance to Jesus that matters, then if we believe in Jesus, but we're like, but I'm not going to follow you. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to follow this guy. I'm going to basically be at war with you or tell you, I'm not giving you this part of my life, Jesus, or... And I believe you and I want to go to heaven, but you know, you don't get this. You can't have me. You can't, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm, or, or even when we say we deny him, like if we say, I don't want anything to do with God or with Jesus. And there's a growing contempt for Christianity in our culture today. We've seen the book of Revelation, actually, that that contempt turns to violence. And at some point, Human beings, physical human beings, when Jesus physically returns to planet Earth once again, and they see God face to face, they look Jesus in the eyes, they will start a war with him that they think they're going to win. This is the issue of denying him. If we deny him, if we say, we don't want you, he's not going to say, well, that's okay. I'm a good, I'm a nice guy. You can have me anyways. It doesn't work like that. You pledge your allegiance to anything else and you deny me, I deny you. But if we're faithless, if if like when the disciples, when they ran out of faith on that night in the garden, 
when Jesus was being arrested and they ran away. Jesus says, I don't run away from you. You can deny me. You can pledge your allegiance away from me and I, I, I'll let you have it. You deny me, I'll deny you. But you lose faith in me. You have those, those kinds of lapses. I will not lose faith in you. Now, sometimes in, in individual situations and circumstances, the line between those two, they may feel muddy. The Lord knows our heart. We don't know our heart. We don't know anybody else. I mean, we don't know anybody else's heart. We know our heart. The Lord knows our heart. Sometimes we don't even know our hearts. Jeremiah says that, right? Sometimes we can't even figure out our own heart and thoughts out. The Lord knows, right? So, so sometimes the, the line between denying him and being faithless, they may feel a little muddy to us in the midst of that situation. If we pledge our life to the Lord and we give him our allegiance and we have a, a lifestyle of repentance, when we stumble and fall, we don't need to ask the question, do we deny Jesus? Do we deny him? We don't have to worry about that. You just, you, you, I, I, I've heard it said, you, you hit delete and move on. You repent. Repent and turn back to the Lord is, is the act of hitting, deleting, and forgetting what's in the past and moving on with him. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that matters. We don't have to, to get into that. If you pledge your allegiance to Jesus, just keep moving forward. So I encourage you, if you've never pledged that allegiance to the Lord, I encourage you to do it today. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.